today's program was one of the most difficult broadcasts to prepare for that I've ever experienced as the host of Bible Tract Echoes. Dr. Paul Levine, the founder of this radio broadcast and our larger ministry, Bible Tracks Incorporated, will get the lion's share of our time today as he shares a true story from about 50 years ago. Friend, you might want to have some tissues nearby. Would you listen intently as he shares with us this amazing testimony? Paul said, I know whom I have believed, and I know he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him uh, against that day. He committed the salvation of his soul to Jesus Christ, and he, he said, Jesus Christ, I committed my salvation of my soul to him, and he's able to keep me until that day. And what Paul is saying is, if I go to hell, it'll be his fault. And brother, he is never going to fail. So nobody's going to go to hell after they, after they commit the salvation of their soul to the Lord Jesus. One day the Lord Jesus was talking to some folks, and they came running over there, and they said, uh, they said uh, the demons are subject unto us. Boy. This is great. And the Lord as much as said, well, that's nothing. If you want to really rejoice, now listen to this. Rejoice because you know, K-N-O-W. Rejoice because you know that your names are written in heaven. That's the noun who. Who said you can't know? See? Who says you can't know you're saved? The Lord Jesus says, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And the idea is that you can know it. You couldn't rejoice unless you knew it. And then John. John said in 1 John 3, 14, he said this, We know. See, all this think so, hope so, been is not in the Bible. It's just in men's minds. We know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. All right? So Paul said, I know. And the Lord Jesus says, you can know. And John says, we know. I wonder if you know. Let me tell you a true story. That'll illustrate what I've been trying to tell you so far. I was in Iowa in meetings. <clears throat> And uh, there was a dear old couple there. His name was Ernie, and I've forgotten his wife's name, Mr. and Mrs. Howland. And uh, they got an awful automobile wreck. So uh, they were in the hospital, and at first they thought they were going to die. But uh, they rallied for a while, and, and they were doing fairly good, and I was up there to see them in the hospital while we were there in meetings, and I knew them well, been there before in meetings. But one night at midnight, we got a telephone call, the pastor did, and I was staying with the pastor, and when the pastor stayed, when the evangelist stays with the pastor, he hardly ever get any sleep. So we were just getting going good on a Bible conference or something, it was midnight, and here came this call from the hospital. And the call from the hospital said, uh, uh, Pastor, you better get down here to the hospital. Ernie's lungs are filling up with blood, and he's going to die now. So we got ready and we went right down there. When we got down there to the hospital, we walked in the room which was, was very dimly lighted. We walked in there and here was Ernie propped up on a lot of pillows. And he had this little rail on each side of the bed. And we walked in and there was his son standing on his right. His daughter was standing on his left. And then the pastor... And I stood at the foot of the bed. 
No, I was standing alongside the the, the son over here on, on Ernie's right. After a little bit, Ernie, the, the man who's dying, looked up at his son and said, Am I going home tonight? Now, he didn't mean home back to the farm. He knew he wasn't going back to the farm. When he said home, he meant heaven. Isn't it nice you talk about heaven as your home? Now remember, the son said to him when, when he said, uh, Do you believe I'm going home tonight? And the son said, Yes, you believe. Dad, if you're going home tonight, said, You don't mind if we stay here with you a while, do you? And the father said, Oh, no, I don't mind you staying here. He said, I just wondered how come you're here so late. He said, I just wondered why you'd be here so long. You see, he was so alert. He was so alert that he knew that it was about midnight, even though he couldn't see a clock and he couldn't hear anybody talking. And it was about, he said, it's about midnight, isn't it? Isn't it? And it was about midnight. So he's saying, well, in the meantime, they had taken his wife out of the room. She shared that same room. And they took her, uh, they took her out because they didn't want her to be there when he died. So they took her out and and took her down the hallway, up an elevator to the next floor. Up there, while we're down here visiting with Ernie, up there, she said to a nurse, a Christian nurse who told us about it later, she said to this Christian nurse, you know what? She said, I forgot to tell Pa goodbye. She said, I wonder if maybe somebody could take me back down there so I could tell Pa goodbye. She knew he was going to die that night. Well, sure, Mrs. Holland, somebody take it on there. And so, in the meantime, I had slipped around, so I was standing right behind Ernie's bed. So he was, his face was facing that way. The pastor was at the foot of the bed, the daughter there, the son here, and I was behind the bed, right by Ernie's head. All of a sudden, a door opened over here. And in came Mrs. Holland, flat on her back, on a hospital cot. She couldn't even have a pillow. But when we saw her being rolled in the room, I guess everybody had the same idea. There wasn't anybody said anything about it. There wasn't anybody who told Ernie that he was getting company and who the company was. But they just rolled her cot right parallel with his bed. None of us said a word. And Ernie couldn't move. He couldn't turn around and look. He Lying there, he's getting ready to die, you know, and he's looking straight ahead. And then she slipped her left hand through the bars of that bed. And she slipped her hand past his cheek and found his cheek. And she began to pat him on the cheek. And brother, she knew, he knew whose hand that was. He grabbed her arm immediately and she patted him on the cheek. And I'll never forget it. She said very sweetly, goodbye, Pa. And he stroked her hand and he said, Goodbye, dear. You've been a wonderful wife to me these many, many years, over 50 years. Now those words I remember word for word. After that they talked back and forth. And while he's holding his hand for the last time on earth, they both knew it. This was it. He said, I believe I'll sing for you again now. So this time he sang, Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. 
It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then, where'er you go, precious name, oh, how sweet, hope of earth and joy of heaven. Everybody was crying, except Ernie. He was the fellow doing the dying, and he was the only one who wasn't crying. He had one tear rolling down one cheek. And he sang, and he stroked his wife's hand, and and they talked a little more, made a little love to each other. It was a holy time, I'm telling you. And then she said, well, Pa, it was so casual, you know. It's like they were going to see each other in the morning as soon as the sun came up. She said, well, Pa, they want me to go now. No one had said anything to her about leaving, but they were very kind. They weren't these kind of Christians and people are always demanding their rights. We pay for this room, and nobody's taking us out of here, and we'll demand our rights. Now she said, Pa, they want me to go now. So goodbye, Pa. Boy, this was the last time they were ever going to say goodbye to each other on earth. He patted him on the cheek, and he stroked her hand, and he said, Goodbye, dear. And he pulled her hand loose, and he wheeled her out. And as they started down the hallway, the, the pastor and I tagged along. We thought, Boy, we better say something to her. She's going to go all to pieces now. She said goodbye to the one that she'd walked with for 50-some years in a wonderful, close, Christian, holy marriage. Boy, we better help her. By the time we got to, got caught up, they had her in the bed, and she hadn't had any sedatives, and neither had he. No sedatives of any kind. So we were wondering, what are we going to say? Well, we didn't have to worry. She did the talking. And she said, Pastor, she said, you know, sooner or later, all the families are going to have to be parted. Well, that's the truth, isn't it? You know that, don't you? You've been out to that little knoll out there at the cemetery. You said goodbye to mama and daddy or a husband or a wife or a little child. A little baby. So how many have been out there? You've got loved ones out whose souls are in heaven, but their bodies are in the graveyard. Let's see your hand. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Sooner or later, families have to separate. I'll tell you what's sad. It's sad when families, you know what? Families don't have to be separated in heaven. But what's sad is what, when one or more members of a Christian family says, I'm not going to be a Christian. And my wife may go to heaven, but I'm not. Or my husband may go to heaven, but I'm not. And my children may go to heaven, but I'm not. And my parents may go to heaven, but I'm not. So, your wife goes to heaven, and you decide to go to hell. You're parted forever. Or your, your husband decides to go to heaven, and you decide to go to hell. So you're parted forever. Or your parents go to heaven. You say, I won't be a Christian. So your parents go to heaven. You go to hell. There's separation forever. Or your children go to heaven. And mom and dad say, I won't be a Christian. And your children go to heaven. And you go to hell. Now that kind of separation doesn't need to be. And I don't understand people who don't love their wife enough to be, get to be a Christian husband. And I don't understand a woman who doesn't love her husband enough to say, I'll be a Christian wife. 
And I can't understand parents who don't love their children enough to say, if my children are saved, I want to love them enough to go to heaven with them. And I don't understand girls and boys whose daddies and mommies are saved and these children say, we're not going to be saved. Let my folks go to heaven. We're going to reject Christ someday and we'll go to hell and that'll be it. And families are parted forever in eternity. And that's not what she was talking about. She's talking about families being parted now. And you know what? Even though she had just said goodbye to her beloved, she had the joy of salvation, she had perfect peace, and she didn't have a sedative, and she gave a testimony that I'll never forget. I can say for myself that I've been blessed to be a part of today's broadcast. Will you join us tomorrow as we conclude this week here on Bible Tracked Echoes? Thanks for listening. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.